Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Friday, May 12th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. And also support the Chris and Nick show as well as my show. You know, both of those guys do great work. So uh, give them a listen if you haven't done that already. All right, today I want to talk a little bit about uh, Giants' first round pick, Deontay Banks. And uh, I don't really want to talk about his uh, his on-field stuff. I don't want to break down his film. I don't want to do that. I want to talk a little bit about what we know about Banks so far and what the people who know him best, college uh, coach, his college head coach, Mike Loxley out of Maryland, and his high school coach uh, and uh, administrators from uh, his high school outside of Baltimore, which was Edgewood High School. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, about what they have said about Banks. Had an opportunity this week to talk to Coach Loxley at Maryland, and you'll hear that interview in just a few minutes. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Banks first. You know, it was obvious when we saw uh, Deontay during uh, minicamp that uh, this is a nice kid, a pretty quiet kid, not a big personality, not a gregarious type guy, not an in-your-face kind of player at all. This was a kid who politely answered media questions, but gave pretty short, clipped answers. Really not a guy who seeks attention, not a guy who really wants to be in front of the microphone. You know, and that was the first impression. And that is something that that Coach Loxley said to to me during my interview with him. He said that if you really want to get to know Deontay Banks, you've got to see him in the locker room, how he interacts with his teammates behind the scenes. And you've got to see Deontay Banks out in the community when he's volunteering and working with children and doing appearances and doing things like that. Banks uh, is a kid who's getting a degree from Maryland on time, incidentally, in uh, family science, a young man who told media that that he really wants to work with children. He enjoys working with children. He enjoys seeing the smiles on their faces and that perhaps, you know, that is something that he will do once he is done playing football. Obviously, the Giants want Banks and hope Banks will be a huge presence on the field with his play, with his athleticism, with his press man coverage ability. But Banks is a guy who's not going to make waves off the field. He's not going to be a headline off the field. He's not going to be a distraction. He's going to sort of just, uh, you know, as Coach Loxley said, he'll fade into the background. He'll be under the radar. He'll just be working, and you'll see him on game days, and that's when he'll show up, and that's when you'll notice Deontay Banks. And that honestly is uh, is perfect. It's fine. It's really what you want from players. You don't want them to be seeking attention and seeking headlines and and, and trying to further their brand and worrying about themselves. Joe Shane and Brian Dable want smart, tough, and dependable. And Deontay Banks certainly seems to uh, to fill the bill when it comes to that. You know, Coach Loxley and Coach Charles Johnson from uh, Edgewood High School. You know, they they talked about his humility, about 
the fact that he doesn't have much ego. Coach Johnson talked about the fact that Edgewood is not a hotbed for uh, for Division One recruiters. They're a, a mediocre, more or less normal high school football program. Banks was, to Coach Johnson's knowledge, the first player from Edgewood to be recruited by a Division I school and obviously now the first player out of Edgewood to be an NFL draft pick. So Deontay Banks wanted to stay there, could have gone to a private school in Baltimore, a football powerhouse where he would have gotten more attention, more exposure to Division I colleges, chose to stay at Edgewood and, and thought that that said something about his loyalty, about his personality, about his perseverance. Coach Loxley talked a lot about how much time Banks spent in the football office, in Coach Loxley's office, just trying to learn, trying to get better, wanting to be around football. Gave Deontay Banks a lot of credit for the uh, for the fact that that Maryland is a football program on the rise, you know, and said that that Banks is is a player who really wants to get better a guy that uh that really wants to learn the game and really enjoys the game so uh he's he's an interesting young man as i said he's a guy that uh that i don't think you're going to be reading a lot of headlines about away from the field so let's uh so let's get to my interview now with maryland head coach mike loxley let me start with this. Your relationship with Tay, I mean, I think he, he mentioned, you know, a little bit of, of how important you might have been to him. Um, just, you know, just talk to me about, about your, your sort of player-coach relationship with him. Sure. You know, one of the things that I, probably is my strength as a coach is, is the relationship piece. Because at this level, when you're coaching them in college, you know, the ability to get the most out of the players starts with trust. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Tay and I have had a really strong relationship because there's always been trust there. Um, he's bought in and, and into everything that I had asked him to do um, as a player, as a leader in the locker room, and, and, and anything and everything that he's wanted or needed to be successful um, as a program we've tried to provide for him. And so, you know, to me, that kind of where it starts. Um, you know, the three years we've had him here, and as I've told people, He's in my office a lot, but it wasn't for the wrong reasons. It was it was for the right reasons. He's one of those guys that likes to be around the football complex. He likes ball. He's a football guy, always looking to get better, always asking, what can I do to become a better player? And that's what you love out of a guy. And, and to me, that's the type of player the Giants are getting. And when you re- when you recruited him, could you have seen you know this kind of uh, end result for him, you know, first-round draft pick? You know, having done this a long time, there's no doubt that you saw the skill set. Now, here's a guy that was not heavily, heavily recruited. I mean, I think he may have had a couple of uh, smaller Division One offers, but had a bunch of the one double A variety. Uh, played at a program here in the state of Maryland that maybe you know wasn't a championship team, but what what, what he did though was his size and his athleticism was always uh, on display and. And then when you saw that, you knew that he'd have a chance to be a special player. And I've had a chance to coach quite a few first-round guys, and there's no doubt that 
I knew and thought that he'd be the type of player he is. You know, I was interested. The Giants drafted Kayvon Thibodeau a year ago as one of their two first-round picks. And Kayvon is a guy who you always know he's around. You always know. I mean, he's, he's a presence. He, you know, you always feel him. Tay seems a lot different. Am I, you know, he's, he seems unassuming. There isn't that, that loud element to him or that, that, that sort of, uh, you know, just that, that ever present sort of personality. Am I right? Yeah, he's not a guy, so he's a great teammate, and he is funny as all get out, and he's a guy that in the locker room, all the players love because he's such a free-spirited, has free-spirited, light-hearted guy, loves to have a good time. Um, not a big media guy, and you guys probably learned it the hard way because, you know, I saw his first press conference when he got uh, up to New York, and they set him in a room with probably the toughest media you'll ever face, and he was a man of very few words, and that's him. He wasn't a guy that liked to do the media. He wasn't a guy that, you know, we tried to force to be to come the face of the program because that's not what he likes. He likes football. He loves the game, and, and he loves being around his teammates and coaches. But I, I would say that he's a guy that will probably fly under the radar that you're not going to have to see, you know, dealing with a, a lot of uh, – you know, being out and about in New York City is just not—it's not his personality. Now he likes to shop, um, you know, but I don't see him being a guy that's attracted to maybe the bright lights that New York can offer of people that that happen to play there. No, I, I happened to be uh, at the rookie mini camp over the weekend, and and you know, it was all one sentence answers from him, which was fine. He was nice about it; it was fine. But you know, but. Uh, I, I came away realizing he's not going to be one of your go-to quotes in the locker room. No, not at all. But everybody in that locker room will love him, not just during the week, but on game day. I mean, you know, it is, probably doesn't surprise you that even some of the other guys, some of the other young guys that were asked about about him just during the rookie minicamp, you know, were, were very impressed, said there's no ego, you know, there's, there's no presumption about the kid at all. When did it? When did it kind of become obvious to, to you guys that that he was going in the first round? Well, I mean, having done this for thirty three years and have had quite a few um, first round picks from the times I've been in this business, you know, as a coach, because you get a ton of phone calls, and I mean, mm-hmm. I had so many people calling, and obviously, when you get the same team calling multiple times and continuing to do their their due diligence. Um, you know, with the, the volume of people calling and the number of teams calling, that that there's something special that has a chance to happen. And so um, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, probably about a month after, you know, two, three weeks after the combine, when all of a sudden he kind of hit the scene to, to people that didn't know him, mm-hmm. um, that, that's when things picked up and he kept me pretty busy. Uh, along with the other guys that got drafted and signed over the last uh, the last cycle, 
is there anything, you know, maybe about him that, that we don't know, you know, that you can share? I mean, we see what kind of kid he is, but, if, you know, if there's anything you can share that's uh, that's a little unique? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing unique. I mean, I think all the story's been told, like I said, he's not a, a huge media guy. He's not a guy that's going to, like you say, be, uh, you know, the ability to give you all types of hot quotes and hot takes. That's not who he is. Uh, you'll see a consistency out of them. Um, the thing I think that most people maybe outside of the evaluation process knows is that he, he he's a guy that, like, he's a corner, but he has a physicality like a safety. And I think I used the comparable um, to a guy, Chad Scott, who I had a chance to see out of high school, coach in college for a year, and then watch him get drafted around the same place of the Pittsburgh Steelers that Tate was taken by the Giants and to see how Chad's career uh, went and finished is is what I think Tate has the ability to do. But I think the more unique story, and this is one that I don't think has been talked about or told enough, is here's a guy that is a first-round pick, 24th pick in the draft, but two days ago he's down in our uh, study hall facility finishing up his degree. Uh, he's doing study hall, he's finishing up papers, he's taking final exams the next week or two. And most guys in his situation, they take the semester off. They, you know, not necessarily finish and wait, you know, till their careers are done or come back two, three years from now to finish his degree. He's getting that piece of paper in the next week or two. What's he? What's he getting his degree in? Um, I think he's getting his degree in sociology or family studies. Oh, that's right. I think he told. I think he mentioned family studies. Um, that uh, you haven't had a lot of kids. You know who got drafted? You haven't had a lot of kids do that, then, huh? No, most kids. You know, unless they graduated prior. You know, most kids, and he's a guy that came out early, mm-hmm. but because he was a mid-year grad that came in, and he's a guy that always took care of his academics. He's graduating basically in three and a half years, and you know, most guys going into their the the spring of the draft, they take the semester off and focus on that. Well, he's been able to do both. Nice. He said, you know, he he did actually talk a little bit about family studies. Is he a kid who who likes to get out in the community and 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 do you know and do work like that? One hundred percent. Anytime we did community service projects and internships and things where we were working with kids from the type of environment that he grew up in, one of the first to jump on board. And if you want to see. His personality, watch him with the kids or watch him in the locker room. Don't judge his personality by his interviews because it's not something that he likes to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like talking about himself. Um, so, But there's no doubt that family has been an important thing for him. I know he has got a strong relationship with his mom and dad, his younger brother, and all of his uh, extended family. And then the same thing has been a great teammate throughout his uh, time here at Maryland. Well, maybe I can get him to talk to me a little bit, a little bit more when I tell him that that I graduated from Maryland before he was born. <laughs> wow! Yeah. So yeah, so, so maybe so maybe I can do. Maybe I'll just wear my wear my Terps hat when I go to talk to him. He'll love that. <laughs> that that got me in trouble. That got me in trouble with Dexter Lawrence last year, but so be it. <laughs> so. Uh, Real quickly, um, what do you see as the ceiling for this kid in the NFL? I know that that's hard to predict, but but you know, just how good do you think he can be? 
mean, I, I think he's a guy that has the ability to be an all-pro corner and a guy that has the ability to lead and, and, and do the necessary things to help the Giants take the next step because if you look at what he's been a part of elevating here at Maryland, he came here at a time when the Maryland program was uh, not well-respected or not looked upon as a, a strong organization, and, and all he's done during the three years he's here is helped elevate it to where we've gone to back-to-back bowl games at one you know, two bowl games in a row, which we haven't done since 2001. And it's because of guys like Deontay Banks and, and, and that, that have played a major role in laying down the foundation that we're trying to grow and build on. You know, the one, before I let you go, the one thing that you hear, you know, in scouting reports and from draft analysts and all of that, the one question they, they bring up is that, that Tay didn't make a lot, didn't have a lot of interceptions, and maybe didn't didn't make a lot of plays in that way, and maybe missed some interceptions that that they thought he 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 could have had. I mean, how do you how do you look at at, at that question about his ball skills and maybe his inter, his his ability to make those kind of game changing plays? I would say that if you look at um, coaches that evaluate versus the media that maybe evaluates where you look at just stats. Um, very few times when you play with your back to the quarterback do you come away with interceptions. You typically have a ton of pass breakups. And if you look at the style of defense we've played with guys like Deontay and, and, and uh, Jacorian Bennett, who was drafted by the Raiders, we play a lot of press man. And in press man, you're not, you don't have vision on the quarterback to see the ball thrown. So typically when you're a press man team, you end up getting more breakups than you do interceptions. Um, what I'll tell you is Deontay caught punts, kicks. Uh, he was a running back out of high school that had tremendous ball skills. There's no doubt in my mind that he has the ball skills necessary to make plays. Um, were there some plays he maybe missed here? Of course. And, um, you know, sometimes as a DB, you get caught in bad body positions or uh, you lose maybe that ability to track the ball. But, I have no questions or concerns about the type of ball skills he has because, like I said, he's a guy that catches punts, he catches kicks, uh, you know, was a skilled guy on the offensive side of the ball in high school and had great success catching the ball, uh, running with the ball. So I think that it's a, a, mis, a mis-eval if, if people think he doesn't have the ball skills. All right, awesome, Coach. I appreciate your time. I'm sure you've got. Uh, I'm sure you've got things you'd rather do than talk to than talk to to people like me. So I'm going to let you go. All right, I appreciate it, and thanks a lot. All right, thank you. Take care. Yeah. All right. Bye bye. All right, Giants fans. That's our show for today. Please uh, stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye.